0: Robert Affalter here, welcome to the show. We're Thursday, October 8th of 2020. And today I wanna focus on politics and we'll get off. We won't have three different segments this time, but I wanna talk about politics a little bit and what I think we need to be working on. And one of the things is home ownership. As you know, I have a real estate license and as a real estate broker, I don't care (laughs) who buys or sells something. I just want everybody to own a home. And I think that's one of the best ways you can ensure uh, prosperity across America is to advocate home ownership. And any form of racism or anything that's keeping people from owning a home, I think we've got to take politi- political action against. So we need to create laws and situations where, unlike back in the 30s, where we were conducting redlining and making it difficult for blacks and others to own homes. We actually have to make this easier. And I mean, easier for everybody, including minorities. And how do we do that? Well, we do that with uh, longer payment repayment times. For instance, your loan term might be 20, 10, 20, 30 years. And we know that as the Time period goes up. 30 years has a cheaper mortgage than monthly mortgage than a, a 10-year, as an example. Um, we also need to keep the down payment low so people can afford to get started. And we've done that with some zero payment, zero down payment ideas, like through the uh, USDA, I think it is, that has some zero down payment loans. We've got to do things that make, make it more easy, easier, I should say, for everybody to buy a home. But the other part of it is we need people to recognize the importance of buying a home and to have the pride of home ownership. And that all goes together. So if, if you really realize how important it is for you to own your home and what a uh, kind of a buffer that can be financially for you, And that if you have a home loan that's 30 years out and you've got a stable income, uh, your payment isn't going to change. So if you can do things that increase your income and your payment on your house doesn't change, then you've got more disposable income and you can live a better life. And if your home continues to appreciate, either with inflation or because you managed to do things for it or to it, so that you add value to your home, then over time you increase your net worth. And we need people to be able to think in terms of net worth and gross income and thinking about their finances rather than thinking about how they can merely survive. And it's difficult to think about finances when you're struggling just to survive. And I think that's one of the things we need to correct. So how do we do that? Well, I talked in the past couple of days, I've talked about changing the tax code, but I think in addition to changing the tax code, maybe it's time to think about a universal basic income. I was pretty much against that in the beginning, but the more I think about it, the more I think maybe that makes some sense. And if we started off with everybody having some basic, well, what it's called, universal basic income, if you were guaranteed a certain amount of income then anything that you wanted above that, you'd have to work for Now that does a couple of things. It not only ensures that you can afford some place to live and to eat, but it also means that if you knew that you have a certain amount of income coming in and you just want a little bit more, you can afford to price your labor such that it makes sense. So at the same time, what we'd have to combine the universal basic income, we could do away with the uh, minimum wage, sorry, my brain skipped a beat. (laughs) We could do away with minimum wage. And also if we had a universal basic income, maybe we could think about whether we actually needed a social security system. Because if we had a universal basic income, if we all didn't have to worry about that, if we knew that the basics were covered, then we could be working toward having more than the basics and lifting people, not, not just lifting people out of the poverty line, but trying to push people into prosperity. And there's an attitude for a lot of people that the rich people are trying to keep the poor people poor. And maybe that's true in some cases, I don't know, but that makes absolutely no sense. So if you're rich and you think it's good for somebody else to be poor, I challenge you to think about that. Because poor people can't buy anything. And what you really want is for everybody to be rich. What we want is to be able to sell our goods and services to more people and drive the economy forward so that everything's more valuable. And to some extent, of course, that creates an inflation, but we haven't had inflation now since at least 2008. So that's not our current mindset. What we're struggling with is deflation, where everybody's thinking something's going to be cheaper next week or next month or next year, so they don't want to buy anything. Fortunately, that's not happening in housing right now. Housing right now continues to increase, and that's why we're going to have to take some effort, make some effort, to make housing more affordable. And while some think supply-side economics is foolishness, right now we just don't have enough supply of homes. So increasing time factor for for a loan, increasing the term, isn't going to help a lot, and increasing the or decreasing the interest rate isn't going to help a lot. What's going to help is getting more supply. So by the way, now is a great time because interest rates are so low. If you can afford a house and if you can afford someplace that makes sense, now's a great time to be getting your home and getting your financial affairs in order. And I think buying your first home is a great start. Now there's always some risks. And one of the great things is your bank's taking most of the risks. So if you can get into a home, I'd suggest you do it. Now, other things that play into this look at your area. Is your area one that's going to be expanding over time? Look at where you're actually buying. Uh, one of the things that's stated about real estate is buy the worst house in the best neighborhood it's more likely to appreciate you can do things to it and and it will become more like the median which is what you want whereas if you purchase the best house in the worst neighborhood it's also going to go to the median which is means it's going to go down so look at the neighborhoods and what I talk about in my book is how to do that neighborhood search and really look at what's available and why is it more expensive? Why are willing people willing to pay more for this neighborhood than another neighborhood? And then once you get past that, once you understand neighborhoods, then of course, this is, this is down from understanding the economy as a whole. How's the economy of of your nation doing as a whole? So in the United States, we're looking at, well, how's the United States economy looking right now? It's a, in a bit of a, uncertainty because of the COVID virus and having the government actually shut down so many businesses. But as things are beginning to open up, and in Washington State, Governor Inslee's just opened up things a little bit more, I can actually have an open house where my <laughs> my flip house is coming on the market soon. Um and that's just one example. But as things begin to open up, the economy should do much better pretty quickly. But we're also looking at a stimulus and we're looking at a number of things that make things uncertain. And uncertainty, again, keeps the market lower, especially the stock market. But what we're looking at real estate, look at what's going to happen then in your area, regardless of how the overall economy is looking. What are the major factors driving employment in your area? What are the major industries? And what's going to happen with those? Are you in an area that industry is going to be declining? Coal is an example that's likely to be declining. I'm not sure about oil and gas and coal for that matter, but it's depending, of course, on who's president, uh, who's in charge uh, If Biden gets elected. He's gonna try to go with renewables and do away with coal, and natural gas and, and petroleum, all the fossil fuels. Um, so think about that. And in another month, you're gonna know who's in charge <laughs> and it won't be uncertain anymore. But look at what the industries are in your particular area. And a good example is I have relatives in, um, Edmonton, Alberta, and it's been a area of oil wealth for a long time. And they've been struggling now for a while because oil prices are so low. So that's an example of things to think about how the economy is going to affect your local area and d- decide what you want to do about it. Will you have to move if, if oil goes down, uh, think of other things where major employers, some uh, of Boeing's a good example in Seattle, Boeing's now announced that they're gonna move out of Seattle um, or move a, a production of the 777, maybe that's what it was, or one of the big planes. They're gonna move out of Seattle to South Carolina, I think it is. So that's gonna be a bit of a hit um, here in Bellingham. Uh, the Ferndale is just not far from Bellingham. Uh, the Intalco aluminum smelter is gonna go out of business. Well, that's going to be of a bit of a hit. So we need other jobs taking over in our area to help absorb the people that are out of a job now. And part of that, of course, can be taken up by people starting new businesses. So that's the other thing you can think about if you're looking at opening a business or, or buying a house and you need to support yourself. What can you do to start a business and be an employer? And if you need help with that, that's something I'm I'm working on is with the Affolder Academy is helping you get the direction that you need, the education that you need, and do it in a way that's really quick and affordable so that you can get started and take some risks and become your own boss. And there's nothing better, as far as I know, for freedom than controlling your own destiny as a boss. And what you're going to find though is <laughs> although you have more freedom, you are still under the thumb of your customer. You've got to do what it takes to attract customers and you got to make them happy. And you got to do it in such a way that they enjoy getting what you're offering. So it's going to be a fair exchange. You've got to give people something that they they want, need, and enjoy. And in return, you get paid for it. And once you figure out how to make that exchange, then you got it made. So several things that came to mind out of this. One is how can we make things more fair? And a big one is how can you be your own employer? Nothing gets nothing gets more fair than that. When once you figured out how you can be self-employed then a lot of things go away. The discrimination practices and, and, at least in hiring, you may still have some difficulties with, uh, with government and, and some other things, but I encourage you to really think about it. I'm going to give you an example. I just, I just talked about, uh, I don't care who buys or sells real estate. I was selling my house and I had a lockbox on the front door so realtors could get the key out of the lockbox and show their clients a, a house and a man came down in a pickup truck and he was coming down the driveway I happened to be out and I saw him coming so I met him about halfway and we were talking for a little bit then he had a kid in the back and I asked him if he's an agent and he said no I'm Asian uh no I'm Latino that's what he said no I'm Latino and for some reason, that just upset me. I said, what the hell does that have to do with it? He said, well, you asked him if I'm Asian. And I said, and I started laughing. Then I said, no, I asked if you're an agent. If you're an agent, the key's in the lockbox, and you can let yourself in. And if you're not an agent, I'd be happy to give you a tour if you want a tour of the house. Well, it turned out he didn't want it, and it wasn't for him. And I suspected the price was too high. It was probably a little higher than what he suspected. But my point being that he misunderstood and kind of took the idea that I was making a racial comment or a racist comment when all I was trying to do is find out whether to give him a tour or not. So we really have to be careful. I've been in situations where I thought maybe I was being penalized because of something, and it may not have been the case at all. So it's one of those things where we create the circumstances (laughs) that we we pre-frame that we've recorded in our brains, those programs that we have to be able to see outside of and get beyond. And my neighbor actually for that house was going through the same thing. He thought he was being discriminated against because of the way the county was treating him doing a development for his land. And I said, no, they made me do the same thing. You just need to find the right attorney. So I found the attorney gave him the phone number and he got everything going pretty quickly. But my point is sometimes I'm, I know there's discrimination, I know they are racist, and I, I'm trying to do my best not to be one of those people and to call it out when I see it, but on the other hand, let's not see it where it doesn't exist. Sometimes they're all being treated the same and it's poorly <laughs> <clears throat> and we just have to overcome. All right, let's do our best to be our best and create the society we want by being the best individuals we can be and helping others do the same. All right, Robert Affalter signing off, hoping you have a wonderful day.